following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Well, how is second service feeling so far? Man, I didn't even have to ask that again. That is, I'm telling you, if I can just get every service, if I ask that question one time, and they give me that same enthusiastic response, man, I have no reason not to preach good today. I, man, you guys feel good. I feel good. I'm excited. Anybody ready for the Word of God today? Yeah. Hey, we are in, as Pastor introduced, week five of our series, Running with the Giants, and we're going to jump right into the Word of God today. We have covered four giants of the faith um, as far as men go the last several weeks, and today we are starting our journey on studying four, not giant women, four incredible women of the faith. We're starting that Today, So it's going to be a lot of fun over the next several weeks. And you know our, our passage has been found in Hebrews chapter 12. And what it's telling us is therefore, and if that word's there, you know that it's a continuation from the previous chapter, okay? And, and I'm not going to read through the whole passage for the sake of time because you've heard us week after week uh, go there. But, but what's happening, Hebrews 11, there's heroes of the faith are listed that have done unbelievable exploits because of their great faith, just ordinary people. And what Hebrews 12 is telling us is that since they are there, since they're in the stands of heaven, basically, they're watching us, they're, they're cheering us on. And how many of you know that life is better when you have people that are cheering you on in your corner, that are lifting you up, that are saying, you can do it, go get it, yeah. And that's exactly what's happening. So, so we've got these heroes that are, that are in the stands of heaven, and they're looking at you and I as we run our race called life, and they're cheering us on. They're saying, go get it, you can do it, here's how I did it, here's how you might want to do it, this is how I didn't do so good here, you might want to stay away from this area. And so they're encouraging us, and they're, they're cheering us on. And so today, taking a lap with us is none other than Mary, the mother of Jesus, She's walking out of the stands, joining us on the lap. Mary, the mother of Jesus, who in my opinion is one of the most misunderstood women in Scripture. Tradition has turned her into something that that the Bible really never describes. In fact, in some cultures and in some traditions, they've made her a god and they, they pray to Mary. But the Bible does not speak to that. In fact, I think we'll find today that Mary was a very ordinary person, much like much like you and I. And if you're, if you're familiar with the Christmas story, now, not the movie, The Christmas Story. We're talking about the biblical account, The Christmas Story, okay? If you're familiar with The Christmas Story, you'll remember how the angel Gabriel shows up to this teenage girl, Mary. And watch what he says. You, don't just blow by this because you've heard this a thousand times. Let this sink in today. This is what Gabriel tells this teenage girl. Hey, Mary, um, I just want to let you know that you're going to get pregnant without ever being with a man. Just think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, Mary, I know this is already strange, but, but let me just tell you that your baby is going to be the savior of the world. Oh, really? 
Okay, so I'm going to have a baby, never been with a man. And this baby that never been with a man is going to be the savior of the world. You can imagine receiving that kind of news, or, or maybe you can't. But, but I'm convinced that, that Mary would come to us as a church who are asked by God to do something that's outside of your comfort zone. And here's what, here's what her overarching theme would be. She would tell us this, don't miss your moment with God. Just listen, don't miss your moment with God. And I think Mary would say, uh, my moment truthfully was a bit strange. But hear me, you don't want to miss your moment with God. And I think she would reiterate the fact that, that God is actively trying to meet with us. God is trying to, to interact and connect with us on a daily basis. And some of you sense it right now. It, it happens right through, through tragedy sometimes. It happens in a variety of ways, through opportunity, through presence, or through worship. For Mary, it was an angel that appeared to her. For Moses, it was the burning bush experience. He'll do it for all of us, I promise you. Make no mistake about it. God wants to meet with you. He wants to have a moment with you, an encounter with you. And don't miss your moment with God. And so as Mary is teaching us about these God moments, I, I think the first thing, if you're taking notes, you can jot this down that she would share with us is this. Is that often... What God asks you to do, these God moments seem on the surface to be impossible. So God's going to come along and say, hey, I got something for you to do. I got a, a business I want you to start. There's this step of faith I want you to take there. And you're going to push back. You're what? God, come on. Listen, I've never been with a man. How am I going to have a baby? You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, On the surface, it seems impossible. Like There's no way I could start that business. There's no way I could step out in faith and do this. There's no way I could get into that college. No, 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 listen. On the surface, it may seem impossible. And our first thought is to say, nah, I don't really think so, God. There's no way I can understand how that is going to begin to happen. And what we do, right? We stiff-arm God. We go Heisman Trophy on God, and we stiff-arm Him. And because of that, we're not getting God's best in our lives. We're not receiving everything that God has for us. So let's, let's jump into Mary's story. The angel comes along and says, you're going to conceive. You're going to give birth to a son. You're going to give him the name Jesus. He's going to be the savior of the world since he's going to be great. By the way, he's going to be fully God and fully man. Have fun explaining that to everybody, all your friends. That's going to be an interesting dinner conversation. And of course, she does what you and I would do. Oh, God, what? Really? Come on, seriously. This is too far-fetched. Like, I, I, that sounds weird, maybe, I, great, I guess, I don't know. But God, I don't think that this could happen. And a lot of times we face situations like this, whatever it is for you and for me. And here's what we do, right? In this day and age, we allow our brains to take over. We allow our minds to take over. And he, you and I are, are disadvantaged of being 2,000 years uh, later American than what Mary would have been, right? Her, her story, 2,000 years before... Knowledge has increased today at such a rapid pace. In fact, historians are telling us that, that knowledge doubles every three years. 
That's insane, and that's great. I love my cell phone. I love, you know, being able to connect everything. That's so awesome. I love the AC that we have in this room that on July 1st, we're not sweating, but we're putting jackets on. Hallelujah. That's a good thing. Mary didn't have that. But what you and I have to be careful of is depending on that knowledge at the expense of God doing something outside of your knowledge base. Out of the, the oh, if you can't comprehend it, then God can't do it. You got to be careful. In fact, a, a lot of us tend to depend more on facts than we do our faith. And it's keeping miracles. Listen, it's keeping miracles from happening in your life. When you let your brain get involved in these God moment processes, here's what's going to happen. You're going to reduce God down to the size of your brain. And I know some of you. I'm kidding. I know me. I know me. And for me, that wouldn't be a good thing. I don't need to make God the size of me. God's so much bigger than me. He's so much bigger than my mind and what I can contain. God moments happen. Listen, when your willingness to trust God intersects with the plan that God has for your life. When you will trust him and allow his plan to meet your life. Come on, you're going to start to see doors open up in your world that will blow your mind. And your job is to not get in here and say, well, I can't figure it out. I can't. One plus one does not equal 12. I, I don't. No, no. You get right here and you just trust that what his word said is true. And, believe, and if you start trusting and believing him, you're going, to see, you're going to see some things that will blow your mind. If you're going to have a God moment, you almost have to discipline yourself not to go into your knowledge base, but to go into that trust of heart. God, I can't see it, but I know you're calling me. I don't know exactly what that next step is, but I know you're pushing me, and so I'm going to step out in faith. Here's the second thing that I think Mary would share with us about these God moments that we can learn from her story, and it's this. She would tell you that when God moments come, just say yes. When God moments come... Just whatever you have to do, say yes. Because she did what a lot of us would do. We, oh, I don't know, really. Uh. But watch what she does next. This is beautiful. She says, but I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know how you're going to do it. I can't add it all up. But I am your servant, so go ahead and do whatever you want to do, God. That's exactly what Mary did. And it's true, isn't it, that, that these God moments, the results of these God moments don't always produce the easiest next step for you and for me. When God calls us and he, he interacts with us, the next step isn't always easy. Truthfully, I don't think we think about really what Mary had to face. I don't think that we, because we, we read the, her story and we just blow by it, right, because it, it's all about Jesus here, his birth, everything, absolutely, but But think about Mary for a second. She had to face her mom and dad. After Gabriel came to her, hey mom, hey dad, how are y'all? Love you guys, I'm pregnant. What? She she had to face mom and dad. And and can you imagine how that went? Like, we knew you and, oh, oh, Joseph, where are you? I'm going to get him. Right? That's what dads do. And they had this, this interaction, but... Then, have you thought about this? She had to face Joseph. 
How do you explain that to Joseph? Hey, Joe. I love you. You're the love of my life. There's nobody else I'd rather want to be with than you, but I'm pregnant. What? I know me and you, and, and we haven't, you know, yeah, you're pregnant. What's his name? Where's he at? I'm going to find him. Right? She had to, can you imagine the tension that this would have caused in her life? And then she had to face the religious leaders of the time, who in that day and age, the law said that we will drag you out into the street and we will stone you. She had to deal with that. Talk about questions and fears and concerns. Watch for a moment that was initiated by God. It's not always the next steps aren't always the easiest. And that's why the Bible talks so much about keeping your hope alive. And God's got a plan for your life but he, because he knows That oftentimes what he calls us to isn't the easiest thing. But if you keep your hope and your faith in him, that there's nothing that you can't accomplish if he's called you to it. I'm reminded of the story in the Gospels where a synagogue ruler by the name of Jairus, his daughter is dying. And he approaches Jesus and says, Jesus, I I need a miracle. My daughter's dying. And Jesus does what we know Jesus does. He says, let's go. Let's take care of this. I want to heal your daughter. And then on the way, imagine if you were Jairus. On the way, there's this woman that walks up and interrupts Jesus on the way to your miracle. Now listen, my daughter's right over there, and I know she's sick, but see, I talked to you first, Jesus. I'm going to need her to get in line because my daughter, she's just little. She can wait. My daughter can't wait. She can wait right here. Come, Just come on, Lord. Just run this way. Come on. You know, you're trying to just get him out of it. And Jesus says, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to take care of this. And then on the way, right, before they even get to Jairus' house, somebody from his home comes and says, hey, Listen, got to give you guys the news. Jerry's your daughter. She's dead. Can you imagine the frustration on his face and in his heart? Jesus, I asked you first and you start dealing with her. And now my daughter's dead. How many of you know that it's never too late when Jesus is on the scene? Anybody believe that today? Come on, it may not happen the way you think it should, but if he's with you, he's got your back, that he can take care of it for you. If you just saw him heal this lady, don't you think he can take care of your daughter? And watch what Jesus says, overhearing what they, the crowd had just said. He looks at him and he says, hey, 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 listen. Don't be afraid. Don't listen to your fears. Don't listen to you're going to get stoned in the middle of the street. Don't listen to all that. Don't be afraid. Just believe. That's your job is to don't be afraid and just believe. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you need to hear that. I don't know what God's calling you to do, but you need to understand now is not the time to be afraid. Now is the time to believe. Now is the time to trust God that he's going to do everything that he said he's going to do. To stand on the promises that he's given you. Trust God and believe. Here's the third thing. That Mary would share with us about these God moments that she would want us to understand. Is that your God moment will open the door to God's best in your life. I think it's interesting that, that as soon as the angel left Mary's house. She gets out of Nazareth. I mean she leaves Nazareth as soon as she can. Because she realized that the ridicule was about to start. 
And so she moves, she, she goes to her cousin's house, Elizabeth, who would be the mother of John the Baptist. And as soon as Mary arrives, I love this, in a loud voice, Elizabeth is screaming. She says, hey, and by the way, you got to have people like this in your life. You, you need people like Elizabeth in your life. She hollers, she says, blessed are you, young lady. Blessed is the child that's on the inside of you. And then she says it again, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. you got to have people that are willing to lift you up, to encourage you, to bring you up when you're going through something that you don't understand. Hey, Mary, I I know, I know you're concerned. I know you don't understand how it's all going to work out. I know that that when you go back to Nazareth, what everybody's going to call you and what they're going to think of you. But Mary, here's what you need to understand. I'm telling you, there's a blessing on the other side of this, Mary. There's a blessing on the other side of this. Mary, listen, there's a miracle on the other side of your obedience. If you'll just trust him. If you'll just believe what he says. Just trust him. And so let's advance now 30 years into Mary's story. Jesus would now be 30 years old. The first miracle that he ever does is turning water into wine at the wedding at Cana. Major social faux pas. They run out of wine there in their day and age. And Mary shows up and she says, "Um, Listen, I'm just going to tell y'all. I don't know how to explain it. But he's been my son for the last 30 years. And trust me, I don't know how it's all going to get done. But just whatever he tells you to do, just do it. Just trust me. Okay? Just trust me. Just, Just do it. You know, we don't have a lot of scripture on Jesus from 12 to 30 years of age. I wish we did. You like this is where my brain goes. Like you know, there were moments where Mary was like, "Jesus, yes, ma'am." Hey, uh, Bob, we're out of flour. I'm gonna need you to to put some clothes on. I'm gonna need you to make your way down. Mom, not again. I don't want to go to the store. I want to sit here and build this chair or whatever. I don't know. Get up, Jesus. It's time to go. We need some flour, Mama. Got to eat. We got to feed the kid. We got to take care of everybody. Mom, hey, mom, would you just, could you check the cabinet one more time before I leave and just, just see if there's any there? I'm just saying, I don't know, like, just double check because I just, something tells me that you just didn't look good enough because there's something right there behind the beans. You know, that had to happen. I don't know. Don't look for that in your Bible, though. And as we, we wrap up this last leg of the journey, I think, I think Mary would give us four pieces of encouragement as we cultivate these God moments. As we cultivate these God moments. And the first one would be this. She would, t- she would tell you and I this. you got to stay connected to God. And I know that sounds so, so general, But if you want to have God moments, if you're going to cultivate these God moments in your life, you got to get close to God. You can't expect these huge God moments to happen in your life if you don't know what his voice sounds like. You got to stay close to him. You got to know what his word says, okay? You got to open up the Bible and read it from time to time. You got to throw your hands in the air and worship him and tell him how great he is you got to stay close and connected to God. They hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. 
And when they had seen him, your Bible describes this, they, everybody's ecstatic, right, at what the shepherds had just told them, the news that the baby has been born. Everybody is screaming, everybody's ecstatic, angels are shouting, donkeys are shouting, shepherds are shouting, everybody is excited, but, but not Mary. Mary is doing, she knows something special is taking place, and watch what the Bible says. While all that was happening, Mary treasured up all of these things, and she pondered them in her heart. She was thinking about everything from the beginning moment when the angel appeared to her through the ridicule and through, through all, she was thinking all of the, wow, she's thinking about what God is doing. She stops throughout the hustle and bustle and the craziness of life, and she's pondering and she's thinking about what God has done in her life. Mary would say, stay close, stay connected, stay connected. The second thing that I believe she would share with you and I today is this. Stay connected to your purpose. Stay connected to your purpose. Because I really think that there were days where Mary still disliked being Mary. I think there were days that even after Jesus was born, sure she had Joseph, but, but everybody still knows that that's the illegitimate child and that's the, the mom who had the baby out of wedlock. And, and so my thought is, is how would she make it through moments like that? How did she make it through that period in her life? Purpose. She was connected to Purpose. When Jesus was dedicated in the temple, Simeon blessed them, meaning that it wasn't just the baby that was blessed, it was the whole family. And this is what, this is what he said. He said, this child is destined. There's destiny in this child. She knew that she wasn't raising a normal child. She knew that there was purpose on the inside of, of this little baby, that he's going to be something special. He's not going to be, or there, there's something about him that's going to be world changing. She had to stay connected to her purpose. And, and I, love, I love this part of, of the message. This is one of my favorite things that I get to do as, as a pastor, and it's this, to tell you that you have to stay connected to your purpose. You have to find your purpose. And it's the sole reason that we built the Start Here program that's happening right now. There, there's people up there going through the Start Here program, and it will help you. Listen, sure, you get information on who we are as a church, but towards the end, you get to take a spiritual gifts assessment so that you can start to figure out where God has gifted you and where your talents can be best used. Because listen, you got to figure out your purpose. You got to be connected to your purpose. Some of you are living out your purpose. You found it, you're living it out. Some of you have found it, you're not living it out. And some of you would say, I have no clue why I'm on this earth. And I'm telling you, your life will never make sense until you find your purpose, until you're connected to your purpose. And listen, we're not going to just throw you to the wolves. We want you to find your purpose, absolutely. But we also want to give you an area where you can live out that purpose. And so we'll plug you in in areas to get involved, to serve, where you can start making a difference in the lives of people, to where you can say, is this, is this really where I'm gifted? Is this where my heart is? And if it's not, you'll jump into something else and say, this is where I can make a difference. This is my purpose. You got to stay connected to your purpose. The third thing would be this 
You got to stay connected to people who encourage you. Stay connected to people who encourage you. And I think this is one of the most brilliant things that Mary chose to do. She left Nazareth and she went to live with Elizabeth for three months after she got pregnant. And and I think it's so smart on her behalf. And, And can I just tell you that this shows the direct implications of being a part of a life group. You gotta get in a group. You gotta have a group of people in your life that will cheer you on, that will call you out when something's not going right, but will lift you up when you need it at the same time. You gotta get in a group. And let me tell you, listen, the big church experience is awesome and I love it. We can do a lot of things because we're a big church. We can impact the world missions-wise because we're a big church. We can reach Austin because we're a big church. And I love that. But listen, we've got to be more than a big church. We have to grow small at the same time. And it happens when you're connected to people. Out of the 2,000, 2,500 people that will walk through the doors today, you have to have 12 to 20 people that will be in your corner that will say, Brad, I got your back no matter what comes your way. If you need prayer, you call me. I will pray for you. And you'll do the same for them. You've got to have people that you're connected to. You can make it. You need encouragers. You need people that will text you randomly during the week and say, I'm praying for you. I love you. You can make it telling you, your life's not going to make sense until you do. Hebrews chapter 10 would tell us this, let us hold unswervingly. So if your life is looking like this, ups and downs, lefts and rights, there's no balance to your life. You need to get in a group so your life will look like this. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who has promised is faithful And let us consider the fact that we need people in our lives who will spur us on to love and to good deeds, not to give up meeting together as some get in the habit of doing, but all the more encourage one another as you see the judgment day getting closer. Stay connected to people that encourage you. Stay connected. Pastor Randy, if you'll help me. And here's the... Here's the last one that I think as we cultivate God moments in our lives, and I'll give it to you in just a moment. Let me set the stage for you. We're at the end of the story. It's the last place that we will see Mary, her story, and unfortunately it's it's at the foot of the cross where her son is being executed. And I always thought about this passage from Jesus' perspective, right? That's kind of what, what we do. We try to look through his eyes. But think about Mary's perspective for a moment. Try to put yourself in her shoes as a parent, literally at the foot of the cross, watching your child's skin being ripped off. Think about it for a second. The Bible said that he was marred beyond recognition, which means that, that oh, oh yeah, Mary knew who that was, but maybe just a random passerby, or had they not known the story of the day, may not have been able to call his name. He was, he was badly beaten beyond recognition, blood dripping down his face. 
And I'm sure that Mary is having one of these moments. I don't know, but, but any parent would say, my goodness, is this what I raised him for? Like, is this, is this the plan that you had for him? I got to sit here and watch my son die on a cross. I can't begin to imagine what was going through her mind. And obviously none of us can. The love that we have for our kids, we would take that pain in an instant if we could. I have to watch that. John 19. This is interesting, isn't it? This is Mary. Mary was there, the Bible says. She was there with her life group. Watch. The aunt of Jesus, another Mary, the wife of Clopas, Mary Magdalene. She had people around her, people with her. They stood at the foot of the cross, the Bible says, watching her son get executed, and next to her, was the disciple John, of course. He writes the disciple that Jesus loved. John would write that about himself, of course. But Jesus would make several statements on the cross, and and I'll paraphrase as we close our time together today. But in essence, he's telling his mom, listen, mom, woman, I, I, I know that you wanted to be my mom. And I know you wanted to prolong this. I know you you didn't really want my time on earth to end now. And trust me, listen, I love being your son, but we we just can't have the same type of relationship anymore. In fact, mom, the relationship actually has to end now because I have something else that I have to do. I'm going to give you John, though, mom. John's going to be your new son. And then John, listen, buddy, I, you're going to have to do me a favor. You've got to take care of mom because I can't be her son anymore the way that she's used to me being her son. I can't take care of her anymore the way that she's used to me taking care of her. Why? John might say, because, John, i got something i got to go do. i got something that I have to accomplish Though I'm innocent, John, you know that. I have to take the sins of the world and put them on my shoulders. I I need to pay for these sins. And then, John, I'm going to go to heaven, but don't worry. I'm going to send my spirit down to empower you in the church because, John, this is my purpose. This is my mission, John. I would love to be your son, Mom, but I got something greater that I got to do. How in the world does a a mom survive something like that? A conversation. How do you survive that? Here's how you survive that. Are you ready? And this is the fourth thing that I think she would want you to understand. Is that you have to stay connected to the bigger picture. You see, Mary understood that her son came to die. And if you ever think that this earth is all that we have... You're missing out. I'm telling you, we're only here to make a difference. And then we get to go there, ladies and gentlemen. You got to keep the big picture in mind. You got to understand. 
the reason that you're here, and it's to make a difference while we're here, but this, this earth is not our home. We're going to get to go home one day. Whenever he calls our number, don't forget the big picture. Just stand with me all across this place. Would you bow your heads with me? Every eye closed. This is one of my favorite parts of the service because now you have the potential to allow God to speak to you, to tug on your heart as perhaps he's been doing since the beginning of our time together today. And there's people in this room. If you say, Pastor Brad, I want one of those moments that you're talking about. One of those God moments. I I want that, but I'm far from God. In fact, I don't even know if I'd go to heaven. Some of you, you know for a fact you won't go if something happens today. Others of you, you're unsure. Wherever you are in your walk with God, listen, this is an important step for you today. This is your first step today, perhaps. We've got a public step called baptism, and we have phenomenal baptism celebrations, but this is, this is between you and God. And if you would say, Pastor Brad, I want one of those God moments in my life. I want it to happen right now without any hesitation. I want you to slip your hand in the air. Go ahead. All over this house right now. Yeah, it's beautiful. Be bold. Be bold. Come on. Slip your hand down. And listen, I'm not going to ask you to pray exactly like I pray. You've got to pray something from your own heart. But I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to ask God to, to intervene on your behalf and, and encounter with you in such a way that will blow your mind. And I want you to pray something like that as well. Let's pray together. Lord, right now, God, I thank you for the dozens and dozens of people who in response to your word have said, I want a moment with you. I want an encounter with you. I don't want to miss my moment, Lord. I feel you tugging at my heart. I feel you tugging at my life, and I do not want to miss my moment. God, I pray that you would forgive me. Maybe there's some people in this room who have, who have never prayed that. Lord, forgive me. Wash me white as snow. Maybe there's some people in the house who would say, I've never given my life to you, Jesus, today. I give you every aspect of my life. Take me. I commit my life to you. God, maybe there's some people in the house who have yet to be water baptized, Lord. Maybe there's some people in the house today who have yet to be filled with your spirit. Here's what I know, that there's always more in you. I pray that you would bless us today. Touch my friends today. Give us a moment with you. Let this moment be the start of something unbelievable in their life. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Come on, everybody said amen. Can you put your hands together for Jesus? Yeah. Hey, there's people that took their first step of faith today. And I tell you what, that's a really, really big deal. Can you put your hands together for those people? Yeah. Come on. Listen, this week, God's got a moment for you. He's trying to encounter you in a real way. Don't miss your moment with God.